Today we are going to plunge into the questions of the soul and we're going to analyze what play theory principles are in the Disney Pixar animated film Soul. I am so excited for this one and had a ton of fun putting this together. Let's do this. Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Let's kick things off with a quick highlight reel today. And this one is gonna take us to England where a mother who has an autistic child was going for a walk. Now her autistic son loves going for walks, but he doesn't like turning around. And so normally they try to do a circular route so that they don't have to turn around. But his favorite walk, which was to go see the boats, they had to turn back. And when they did, he started having a complete meltdown. This was a very hard situation anyway for a mother to be in, but there was a lot of people that started looking and she was starting to feel very uncomfortable, this mother, as her child had an absolute meltdown here in front of everybody on the ground flailing and making loud noises. And there was an individual who passed by, whose name is Ian, I believe, who asked her if she was okay. And she explained the situation and instead of leaving or acting awkward, this individual got down and began to converse with the child who was having a meltdown. And he was able to effectively get him out of having this meltdown in the middle of the street. And they were able to resume their trip and turn back home. This highlight reel is amazing for so many reasons, but especially because those with special needs and any parents who have autistic children know, they just want their children to be treated normal. and. They don't want to be ostracized or cast away. What a beautiful way to look outward in this moment where it would have been easy to just say, that's not my problem. She knows what she's doing. I'm just gonna go about my business. But he stopped and he took the time to converse with this kid who was having a hard time and they were able to get back on their way. So beautiful story, highlight reel, check out the full story in the show notes. For our team huddle today, I wanted to read a review that just totally validates everything we're doing with the Happiness Playbook and just really brightened my day. S. Alston said, why didn't I listen sooner? Bam, love that headline. This podcast has been on my list for months. I am so thrilled to finally be listening. It brought tears to my eyes twice already today and I can't get enough. I'm sharing with everyone I know Thank you for putting this goodness out there in the world. This is the reason that we are doing this podcast. We're throwing boulders into the pool of life to make tidal waves of awesomeness spread. And we need that because pessimism and negativity far too often get the spotlight and went out in this battle for our well-being. And we want to share goodness and we need your help to do that. If you are listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, 
We want you to subscribe and like the video, leave a comment. If you are listening on the podcast, please uh, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that already. Follow us on Spotify. Share this with as many people as you can because that's the only way we're going to be able to help people understand that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport and we're all in this together. So thank you in advance for the support. True to its name, the Disney Pixar film Soul explores some very deep questions like where did we come from, how do we get our personalities, what happens after we die, and what makes us unique, what is the purpose of life. So these questions are amazing, but there's also tons of play theory principles throughout the entire film. And so I wanted to just go through each principle and just make a few comments and point out some of the amazing teachings from this movie, which is one of my favorites. Soul follows Joe, a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz and he's pretty good. But when an untimely accident sends him to another realm to help a fellow wanderer named 22 find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. Very fun movie. The first principle that I want to talk about is be present. And there is tons of be present in soul. After we get to know the characters, we see Joe and 22 in the great before as spirits trying to get back into Joe's body. This is also a scene where we meet an eccentric sign spinner on Earth named Moonwind, who has somehow mastered the ability to get in the zone and transport himself into a different realm. Now, since you don't have a connection to your body, you will have to tune back into your physical surroundings. Close your eyes, breathe into your crown chakra. Concentrate on where your body is. Listen for cues. That's it. You're doing it. No peeking. Maintain your meditative state or you'll break the connection. Now, see if you can smell and feel where your body is. monitor. I can smell hand sanitizer. Yes. Yes. Good. I think I can feel my feet. Mm, I feel fur. There are several applications of be present throughout the movie. The first one is obviously here where Joe is having to meditate and tune into his emotions. And it's really cool because Pixar basically taught us how to meditate and do mindfulness, which is awesome. But everything from focusing on the senses, calming the mind, and not getting overly excited about the visualization are all incredible mindfulness tips that are very helpful in our ability to be present. There's another beautiful be present moment in the scene where Joe is in a hurry, but 22 is just delighting in the little wonders of their environment. This takes place after they've come down to earth, and it turns out Joe took control of a cat's body and 22 is now in Joe's body. We are so often in a hurry that we miss the simple beauties of the moment. When we are in a hurry, it's so hard to take in the beauty of our surroundings, and boy, there's so much of it to take in. But when 22 got to experience the simple joys of life, the fact that 22 could just sit there and stare at the beauty that was around her, a father and his daughter, two friends talking about who knows what, 
and a simple maple seed falling from a tree right into her hands. These are all beautiful examples of the simple beauties in life that we will miss if we're not being present and taking the time to soak them in. This scene makes you beg the question, what are the smaller things in life? Could it be that what we once considered the small and insignificant things of life are actually the biggest and most important things that we could be investing our time in? Now, these are awesome points of be present, but there is another element, a deeper perspective of be present that they explore in soul that I want to touch on. There are different kinds of presence. There is a small scale or micro presence where you narrow in on a single task, but there is also a broader or macro presence where we're able to be aware of what is happening around us and the people that are around us. This narrow focused presence is important at times and it's crucial that we are able to focus and get things done, but left unchecked, this narrow focus can lead to becoming a lost soul in the zone. When joy and passion become an obsession, you disconnect from life. This is a quote from the film that I love because it's something that we're not always paying attention to and, and aware of. We're always focused on productivity. I know I certainly fall into this category. I have an entire program based around productivity and goal setting, and so I am very susceptible to this. But I can speak from personal experience here that just like Moonwind, there was a season of life that I bought a Nintendo Switch, which began as just a fun pastime to play with the kids. But over time, I began playing way too much. I began playing way too much, and I found myself hyper-focused on these meaningless video games. After discovering and sensing that I was becoming a lost soul, as dramatic as that sounds, I eventually sold the Switch in order to be better present on a more macro level with my life. Not everything should or could be labeled meaningless like I did with the video games. I do personally believe there's way better things uh, that we could be doing with our time. But anything that we spend too much time obsessing over, that we are now obsessing over at the expense of everything on a more macro scale, relationships, responsibilities, jobs, whatever, then that is where we need to do an evaluation and course correct. This other angle, a deeper perspective on be present, we see at several moments in the movie where people get into the zone. They explain the zone in the film as lost souls are not that different from those in the zone. The zone is enjoyable, but when that joy becomes an obsession, one becomes disconnected from life. We've got to be present at times at a micro scale, but most often at a macro scale, connecting with those around us. The next principle, let go and play, is very beautiful as well. In the next scene, we see that 22 is just really content and comfortable with the great before, that stage before life. And she is not very interested in Earth because it looks hard and challenging and uncomfortable. Thanks, but no thanks, Doc. I already know everything about Earth and it's not worth the trouble. Come on, don't you want to fill out your path? <sighs> you know, I'm comfortable up here. I have my routine. I float in mist. I do my Sudoku puzzles. And then like once a week, they make me come to one of these U seminars. It's not great, but I know what to expect. <laughs> 
Sometimes we get so caught up in the ease of comfort and routine that we begin to shun change and opportunities. Now, there's nothing wrong with comfort and routine in order, but if we're missing out on opportunities and not accepting and building upon them, we are only experiencing a fraction of the joy we could otherwise be feeling. In order to fully experience life, we have to leave that comfortable, squishy, great before zone that we all know and love and accept and build upon the opportunity that comes our way. That's a great segue into the next scene. So there's this beautiful scene where Joe and 22 are in his apartment and they have this situation they're working through and unexpectedly one of Joe's band students comes and says she is quitting. But the beautiful thing here is how 22 responds. Let's roll the clip. Band is a stupid waste of time. This kid is talking sense. What are you doing? Here, I quit. I think jazz is pointless. Oh yeah, jazz is definitely pointless. Hey. In fact, all of school is a waste of time. Of course. Like my mentor George Orwell used to say, state-sponsored education is like the rattling of a stick inside a swill bucket. Yeah! The ruling class's core curriculum stifles dissent. It's the oldest trick in the book. What are you talking about? She doesn't care about any of I've that. I've been saying that since the third grade. You know, you seem really smart. What is your position on pizza? Uh, I like it. Me too! You really got things figured out, Connie. I better give this back. It belongs to the school. Sure. You know, I really am glad there's someone else who sees how ridiculous this place is. You're right to quit. I learned about quitting uh, you know what, just- Mr. G? I was practicing this one thing yesterday and maybe you can listen to it and tell me to quit after, okay? Yeah. So, maybe I'd better stick with it? Yeah. Bye, Mr. G. Most people, myself included, in that situation would have immediately tried to talk this student out of quitting, knowing that it was probably just a hard day or something went wrong and she was frustrated and so she felt like quitting in that moment, but trying to help remind her of her passion. But what 22 does here, instead of rejecting her emotions, she validates where she's coming from. And she says, yeah, the music's pretty dumb <laughs> because she's a little pessimistic and, and disenchanted herself. But what this does is it validates the student who was wanting to quit. It's so important when we are in a position of leadership especially, that when others bring concerns to us, that we don't immediately reject those concerns, but that we validate those concerns. Because it is only after the validation takes place, as we see in this scene, that we are able to have a positive influence. You can't build without the accept. And that's why it goes in that order. Accept and build. We have to accept first. The other beautiful element that plays throughout this entire movie is this idea of jazz. And they even say in the movie, I'm jazzing, right? Which means improvisation. And actually, if you go into the roots of what jazz music is and where it originated from, it was the epitome of improvisation, which is accept and build. When jazz is being performed, it's new and fresh and different every time. Every member of the band 
takes turns leading and contributing, and nobody knows ultimately at the beginning where the music is going. But when they are present, they let go and play, and then they're able to accept and build upon each other. And whether you're on the saxophone or the piano or the drums, everyone is synced together and playing together and building off each other's rhythm. It's this beautiful concept of jazz that at some point we'll probably do an entire episode on uh, alone because there's so much depth there. Accept and build has everything to do with working together. And at the end of the day, as we accept and build, just like the jazz musicians in the movie and in real life, they're able to create beautiful music. We too can create beautiful music as we learn to accept and build upon those musicians of our life. Now, a really beautiful scene in this movie is when 22 inside of Joe's body goes into a barber shop to get a haircut and what really plays out here is such a beautiful example of look outward so we're gonna roll the clip and then extract the play theory here from the scene I'll take one of those I wouldn't call myself stuck, but I never planned on cutting heads for a living. Wait, but you were born to be a barber, weren't you? I wanted to be a veterinarian. So why didn't you do that? I was planning to when I got out of the Navy. Then my daughter got sick. And <laughs> barber school is a lot cheaper than veterinarian school. Well, that's too bad. You're stuck as a barber and now you're unhappy. Whoa, whoa, slow your road there, Joe. I'm happy as a clam, my man. Not everyone can be Charles Drew inventing blood transfusion. It is nice to finally talk to you about something other than jazz, yo. Huh, how come we um, never talked about your life before? You never asked, but I'm glad you did this time. Ah, what a good scene. When Joe goes into the barber shop, or rather 22 in Joe's body, the barber is used to Joe always coming in and talking about jazz, something that he's interested in. But since it's 22 in Joe's body, she talks about all sorts of deep topics and philosophy. Joe was so obsessed with jazz that he only wanted to talk about that. Sometimes we are so obsessed with things and so passionate about things that we fail to look outward and consider what others might be interested in. This happens all the time in conversation that we are constantly looking for ways for us to interject our thoughts and opinions about a topic that we're interested in. It's so important that we are not becoming so inwardly focused, especially in conversation, that we're not seeking to understand and learn about others. In this scene, when 22, inside of Joe's body, is asking all these questions about the barber, she gets to know his life. She gets to know him on a deeper level and his passions and dreams. Definitely a great application of Look Outward. The last thing that I want to cover on, and it's a major theme from the movie and such a beautiful theme, is this idea of the potential toxicity that comes from obsession over our purpose. Now, the entire movie, Joe thinks his purpose in life is to play jazz. And then he finally arrives. He finally makes it. He gets the gig. And amidst all of these obstacles of him getting put in a cat's body and they, they make it right ultimately and they come back down, he 
finds out he's not happy. He's not truly fulfilled. Now, all of the play theory principles are factoring in here with this concept, but we can't get so distracted and obsessed over purpose that we're not living. And this is where look outward, be present, accept and build, let go and plays all packaged together in a beautiful analogy and beautiful format with this movie. Because again, as someone who is very purpose-driven and goal-oriented, I too find myself getting so obsessed with purpose and drive and productivity and execution that I am neglecting the small, simple pleasures of life, which are life. And again, I have to ask the question, are not the small, seemingly insignificant things, those micro moments in our day-to-day, are those not in reality some of the bigger moments? All of these beautiful micro moments that we are present for build a tapestry of life. And if we're not present for them, if we're not leaving our comfort zone, if we're not accepting them and embracing them and building on them, and if we're not thinking of others as we do so, we will not have any purpose. The cruel irony here of this principle is in our obsession to find purpose and fulfillment in life, we may actually wake up one day and find that we are void of both purpose and meaning. It is in being present for those micro moments and macro moments. It's in leaving our comfort zone and exploring and trying new things. It's in accepting and embracing and validating the hardship as it comes and then building upon it. And especially in looking outward and trying to ask what is needed and serving those around us. That is how we live a meaningful life. And it's so beautifully portrayed in this movie Soul and all of the play theory principles come together. This movie is great. If you, it's been a while since you've watched it, I highly recommend you go back through and watch it. And let us know what principles of play theory that we missed that you can share with us. For this week's pro tip, I want you to find or pick a person that you converse with regularly. And I want you to get to know that person. Only ask questions and only answer the questions that are asked you. Okay? Don't steer the conversation toward a topic that you are interested in only get to know that person and then find out what you discover about this person. Then I want to know what did you learn about this person? How connected do you feel with them afterward? <sighs> wow, that was a lot of principles packed into one episode. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of exercise here just walking around the park and sharing with you. But remember this week to be present for the micro moments when you need to, but don't let those micro moments become obsessions that pull you out of that macro presence where you're able to connect and be present with those around you. Make sure that you are leaving your comfort zone as squishy and magical as it might seem. You've got to explore. And remember to accept and build. When other people come to you with concerns, or questions, validate those concerns and then build upon them. And remember, especially to look outward, get to know those around you. Don't let your self-interested desires dwarf the need to connect with others. Make sure that in your obsession for purpose and meaning, you're not losing out on some of the most sacred and precious moments that life has to offer. And of course, remember, that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.